And Tyler's over here playing devil's advocate. Yes, unfortunately, I've become quite the devil's advocate, which is unfortunate given <laughs> the fact that I'm... Yeah. The fact that he no longer believes in the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I might as well join the Satanist <gasps> church Tyler. as well. Welcome to Making Old Friends, the podcast where four old friends reconnect to discuss life, faith, relationships, and more. I'm Zach. I'm Michael. I'm Tyler. I'm Hannah. Hey, welcome back to Making Old Friends. This is episode two of season two. We're talking about personality types. It's going to be a great episode Uh, I'm looking forward to getting into it. I already know there's going to be arguments that happen. (laughs) I am here for it. I am ready. It's going to be great. Um, But before we get into that, we have another installment of the unnamed news segment. This story comes to us from... Victory Church in Florida, specifically Lehigh Acres. Florida pastor invites alligator to church, offers business card. So on June 29th, an alligator dropped in for a surprise visit at Victory Church after it crawled out of a storm drain next to the church premises and decided to walk around the neighborhood, eventually showing up at the church's door. And uh, the pastor of this church decided to make the most of the opportunity and he took a couple selfies and videos and he tried to invite it over to the church by handing it a business card. I, I, I have, love this. Does he normally hand people business cards to invite people to church? Is that, I, I'm not sure I'm f- familiar with the pastoral business card. You've never seen a pastor's business card? No. No. <laughs> I've definitely seen those before. I don't know if you guys watched the video that's attached to it. (laughs) I did not. In the background, they're playing Take Me to Church. (laughs) Mike Hosier? (laughs) Yeah. That's great. (laughs) It's so good. That's also very much not a Christian song. (laughs) No. No, that's why it's funny. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Oh, I love it. Well, did the alligator arrive to service? (laughs) I don't know. It does not say. He made sure to let it know that they have services at both 10 and 11 a.m., which means even if the alligator sleeps in, it can probably make it to the later service. The caption of the post is, when a gator shows up to your church but isn't ready to accept the Lord. (laughs) Just browsing today. He's standing way too close for comfort. It's Florida. They're all crazy. Whoa. Bold claim. Somebody's pet. They lost it. We literally have zero listeners from Florida, so it's okay. You, I was going to say you don't know that, but you probably do know. Well, we're certainly not now. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. I'm afraid. Amazing. Oh, we do actually. We have, ooh, like two or three people. Sorry. Sorry, Florida people. <laughs> Sorry to you too. <laughs> Please stay. I I know we've only done this twice, but this is my favorite. I respect I'm almost starting to think that No Name News is, is should be the name. Yes. <laughs> I hate that, but okay. <laughs> All 
tonight we are we're uh, hitting the ground running. We're going to try to cover both the Enneagram and the Myers-Briggs tonight. We're talking personality tests, baby. Um, where do we want to start? I think we should start with Enneagram and what each of us are. Yeah, that sounds great. Who wants to who wants to go? Well, you are the most confident in this thing, so you get to go first. Am I? I guess probably. I love the Enneagram. Uh, so I am an Enneagram three, uh, wing four. If anybody wants to go that deep on it, um, the three is commonly known as the achiever. So I like to get things done. I like being known for being successful for being high capacity. Uh, I like doing high quality work. I hate it when things are sloppy or not done well. Um, and I find a lot of value in being considered successful. You find value in being considered successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and typically like... Um, uh, every Enneagram type basically is, is essentially a response to trauma that kind of forms how you, you view the world and, and what you find value in and what your motives are for the way that you act. Um, mm. So like a lot of times as a kid, like I was praised a lot when I was like like high achieving in school or something like that. So I, I learned that like basically to be loved was to be successful. Um or rather to be to be to be praised was to be loved um so that's sort of what kind of formed that in me um and then the wing four which is like the way that you like you can have strongest in one type and then sort of have additional elements of a type to either side um the the four wing is like the individualist um usually highly creative highly emotional uh like the idea that they're super unique in the way that they think and feel. Um, and I have a lot of that too, which I think is a lot of why I've been drawn to the arts a lot in my life, to to music, to film. All that is like a way for me to express my individuality. So, nice. yeah. All right, who's next? I did this three times on three different sites with three different tests and got a dramatically different answer each time yesterday mm. i got a nine a five and a seven um the highest average between the three of them for me was about split between nine and five nine being slightly higher on one five being slightly higher on the other so nine being like acceptance, self-possession, receptivity, groundedness, patience, unselfconsciousness, which is a crazy big word. And then five, which I honestly feel like it describes me a little bit better than nine, even though it wasn't the dominant in the tests, be understanding, comprehension, insight, knowledge, involvement, originality. Uh, and five, when we get to Myers-Briggs, actually lines up with my Myers-Briggs personality type. Like, spot on uh, but I can't say I have a lot of confidence in <laughs> their 
my results when I get a different result each time I've done it, <laughs> depending on the test. Um, and Hannah will share a similar tale. Um, but reading more about it today and kind of what it's about, or like what the Enneagram focuses on, like you said, how you dealt with trauma and kind of how you react to situations, it makes a little more sense to me. But I, I'm open yeah, for much more discussion. Typically, it's it's like your motivation, like mm -hmm. why you act the way that you act. Like for threes, like we're typically along with along with twos and fours, we're typically motivated by like shame. Like we we don't want to feel shame, so we act a specific way. But we'll save time for last. Yeah. So you said you have a similar experience with not not getting the same result every time. Yeah. So. A little different. I have taken it multiple times over the past year, probably, just because I was curious. And the first several times I took it, I was like, it was really obscure. And like, I got like a bunch that were all about the same and stuff, which I thought was weird. Um, but more recently, when I take it, I tend to get a nine. So I'm assuming, and when I read that one, that's like a nine is a peacemaker um mm -hmm. and uh has like a lot of empathy and there's a lot of stuff that with the nine i felt like oh like i could kind of see that um i can't remember what the wing was for what i took yesterday but nine tends to be the most common factor with all of them and I have several, like, of the, you know how there's, like, the better tests and then there's, like, the kind of obscure ones you find on the internet? Um, the ones that I took that were, like, the better ones said I was a nine. So, I guess I'm a nine, y'all. Which, apparently, we'll get into this later. But I'm a little confused because a nine is apparently one of the most common types. Um, but my personality type on the Myers-Briggs is one of the more rare personality types. So, I'm really interested to get into that anyways tyler take it away yeah i'm gonna be the least interesting <laughs> one on this uh, not only do i already have not i wouldn't say i'm against personality tests i just have so little faith in their their factual um accuracy <laughs> michael that being said <laughs> michael's just like ready to go <laughs> he's like tell me he's grinning <laughs> Is bursting at the seams. I, <laughs> last night I took the Enneagram test and I got a seven. Seven. Uh, which, yeah, which, like reading through some of it, I guess it does apply. Some of it is very specific to me. Uh, but then, yeah, there's other stuff that's not. Uh, one of the interesting things that I did see, let me see if I can find it again. It said, it was just here. Oh, it says, sevens cope with the loss of essential guidance by using trial and error method. Basically, sevens do not feel that they can find what they really want in life. Therefore, they tend to try everything and ultimately may even resort to anything as a substitute for what they are really looking for. Uh, 
which my wife could attest to. What? I try everything. <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> that doesn't make up a whole portion of this podcast group at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's that's kind of where my skepticism comes in, where I'm like, you know, like this is just different people at different times. But I don't, I have to say, I don't know much about it. And I'm mostly here just to learn. So I am open-minded for sure. And then for the 16, what is it? The Myers-Briggs test. I am a debater. An ENTP. ENTP. I am a logician. An INTP. Okay. All right. Oh, I'd have to look up what a... I I remember being an ESTP, but I don't remember what that that, means. An ESTP would be an entrepreneur. Which totally makes sense. Sure. And Hannah, you're the... uh, I'm an INFJ, the advocate. Yeah. Now... Which I guess, like, if you compare that to a nine on the Enneagram, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) It does. The the Myers-Briggs, I will... Here we go. Here we go. Buckle up, everybody. (laughs) So, because I am an INTP, I will have an open mind and I am ready for discussion and to come up with a clear and obvious answer based off of reason. Um, Hey, sounds like a sounds like a five on the Enneagram. (laughs) (laughs) Now, oddly enough, it does, but. Oddly enough, he says. Crazy, I know. And then Tyler's over here describing basically exactly what an ENTP is, too. Um, however, I feel like the Enneagram can have purpose. But I feel like the Myers-Briggs is going to be a significantly more beneficial tool of self-identification and seeing yourself and learning more about, empowering you to learn more about who you are as a person. Enneagram is okay. just a fun number. Myers-Briggs is way more resourceful. Okay. I like I the graphics feel... on their site better. I just, <laughs> I'm going to put that in there. Better design. <laughs> That's I, it. I really feel like you are speaking from the perspective of someone who has a lot of experience with the Myers-Briggs and not a lot with the Enneagram. I mean, that's because true. I've had, I've had literally the exact opposite experience. I've known my Myers-Briggs for years. It has not helped me know myself at all. But taking the Enneagram. Okay, we'll get into that because that's another interesting point. But taking the Enneagram, I have learned so much about what motivates me and what makes me tick. I have cried so many times learning about like various traumas that I had repressed and the ways that they form me and like influence how I act. I have learned so much about my marriage from learning my type and Emily's type. It's just been insane. The amount of like self-reflection and self-improvement that I've been able to do from going like really deep on the Enneagram. And like, I, cannot deny the experience of how great that has been for me likewise but the other way (laughs) (laughs) i have okay from a from a base level perspective i did 
the Enneagram for the first time yesterday in preparation for this. And I did the Myers-Briggs for the first time when I started my job five years ago. The first reaction five years ago to the Myers-Briggs was, oh my goodness, it's me. It's speaking to me. That is exactly me in every single way. My entire first reaction with Enneagram was, what on earth is this trying to tell me? I don't understand. Why have I gotten a different result each time? And I'm still not clear what exactly I am. How can I be two or three different ones, right? I can't be a third of the personality types. True. So I'm sure there's a better test where I could drill it down a little bit better. Yeah, so I would say part of it is... There is a paid test on the Enneagram Institute's website. I think it's like 12 bucks. Maybe it's $6, something like that. But it's like it's like 200 questions long. Like, it's huge. Oof. It took me like a good 15, 20 minutes to do. And, and that, I felt like, was way more conclusive than any of the free ones. That being said, obviously, I'm not going to like tell somebody you need to pay to like learn your Enneagram type. I'm just saying it is probably a lot more accurate because it's a lot longer than any of the free ones. Now, um, I do have pages of notes comparing the two. And I cited my sources. Well, so yeah. if you request for these, we can back these up. <laughs> I got articles. Word. Word. <laughs> I am so ready. So Pat uh, Wyman, <laughs> a medical doctor and licensed therapist, who is also an INFJ, she says the Enneagram is based on how you deal with trauma, whereas the Myers-Briggs is how you judge and perceive the world. So they're different. The Enneagram is a nine-pointed system. Each of the nine types is a different strategy for dealing with trauma. Some argue that you discover your Enneagram type at your first childhood trauma, and it's been with you ever since. Your mind created a go-to strategy for navigating it, and so your Enneagram type is your trauma navigation tool. Which you kind of said before, that it's how you deal with things, trauma, and what drives you. Uh-huh. It soon became evident to me that the Enneagram portion of personality acts as the defense system, providing a sort of coping skills to protect the true self. It did not take long to also realize that the Myers-Briggs type was a profile of one's, quote, true self. The Enneagram personality portion of your personality dominates during periods of stress and relaxes during periods of well-being. So your Myers-Briggs is your more overall personality identity. So this is very interesting to me. I actually stumbled across that same article. Um, but this is very interesting to me because there's a lot of research that shows that your Myers-Briggs will change based on whether yes. you're stressed or not. She says that your Myers-Briggs does change over time. And and, your life but it also it. specifically changes during periods of stress and and or versus periods of uh like relative peace in fact there was literally a study done um in a psychological journal in 1979 
that showed that over 50% of people who took the Myers-Briggs, their, per, their type changed when they took the test five weeks later. Like over 50% of people had a different type in less than a month and a half. Which I would to like me, to know like, how much it changed though. Yeah, it didn't actually say that, so I'm not certain. Because five years ago, in my example, I was a logistician, an ISTJ. And now I am a logician, literally almost the same word, an INTP. The biggest difference in that is being more innovative over observant and being more um, projective over judging or perspective over judging. But still, like, I'm an introverted thinker at the core, both five years ago and now. Now, I did change a little bit and maybe my mindset a little bit, but I'm still very similar to who I was. And sure. I've taken it over. I took it a couple of years ago and I was still a logistician. So I haven't changed much in five years. But and I think both of them, when I was the ISTJ five years ago, it was exactly me. It defined me perfectly. The INTP defines me pretty perfectly today. And the logistician does not define me anywhere as close now as it did then. So I have changed, which, you know, I would hope I have <laughs> in the past being married and life that's happened then. But yeah, definitely. But apparently your Enneagram is much less likely to change. Like once you kind of have it, you have it. That's how you deal with things. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of the times they don't recommend that you that you take the Enneagram if you're under 18 because you're mm -hmm. not like fully formed as an adult and your type may change. So it's relatively useless before then. But I'm curious, uh, Hannah and Tyler, which do you guys prefer if you have a preference? And is that more based just on like personal experience with them or some sort of research or what? Yeah, none of mine is based on research. I love the website that they've set up for the Myers-Briggs. Myers um, <laughs> as a, as a website a designer. It's a appreciation. <laughs> um, I do appreciate, I okay, I've given maybe a total of two, an hour and a half of my time in my life to the Enneagram. So I've heard about it a lot, but I've not dedicated much time. Um, the Myers-Briggs test, I felt, was very thorough in the way it describes you. Um, you know, from giving you multiple pages of, like, strengths and weaknesses. And and I felt like when I was reading it, it was, like, spot on a lot of the time. Um, and, I mean, it was a lot more questions for that test when I took it. Uh, and then last night when I took the Enneagram 1, it was maybe 25 questions or so. Um, and I just feel like there's a lot of room for error in that, you know, and, and that's kind of my, that's my theme for all these personality tests is like, how many times are you going to answer the question in the way that you, you want to answer it? Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then how many times are you going to change throughout the day with your answers? You know, like, like you said, based on, you know, things like stress or your capacity for, um, taking risks or, you know, all those different things. I feel like all those external factors influence how you answer the question. So, yeah, I, I think I'm highly skeptical about whether or not these stay consistent. And when I say consistent, I mean accurate based on how you actually are. Um, I don't know. I think it's good, though, to... It's good for self-introspection, right? So it can kind of help you discover things that you didn't really know about yourself um, and just make you think a little bit more. And I think that's kind of what it's done for me. So, Yeah. I generally tend to lean towards the Myers-Briggs because the result that I got from that, like the INFJ when I read it and they have on the website, they have like what it is, your strengths, your weaknesses, how you are like with relationships. And they just have like a bunch of different sections and all of them were like me to a T, even how I parent. I was like, yeah, this is like, so how I am. Um, and it, helped me make sense of like why I do things or how I interact with things. Um, and I just, I don't know if it's because my Enneagram results have been so kind of all over the place. Um, but I just haven't found that in the Enneagram. And I know a lot of people like you, Zach, who are like super hardcore, like, know the Enneagram. <laughs> like it makes way more sense. And the thing is, I think if you look it up, there's more evidence behind the Enneagram than there is Myers-Briggs. Like I looked it up today because I was sure that you were wrong. My bad. You were not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, no, you're still, I, you're still wrong. I had looked it up and uh, I'm pretty confident. You, Michael, back check me, but I'm pretty confident that the Enneagram has more evidence behind it so it's backed a little bit better but i've just found more value in the myers-briggs um but personal experience doesn't go for the whole population (laughs) you know so well that's such an INFJ Here's... thing to say. Oh my gosh! Okay. Get out of here. <laughs> Side sidebar: Never use personality tests to type another person. <laughs> That's like the worst thing you can do. It's so arrogant and it's so unhelpful <laughs> to put another person into a tiny little box like that. No, I hate that. that. We, Whether it's Myers Briggs or Enneagram, it sucks when you're like, "Oh, that person is such a whatever." You're such a seven. Stop it! Stop it! Okay. Don't do Doesn't that. it feel like the same thing that happens with astrology too? Oh, it's except like, astrology. That's don't. what a Virgo would do. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I'm coming from the perspective that the month I think you're all born means nothing. <laughs> no, okay, but Zach, to argue your point, where me, and this is just how I think. And I stand behind the Myers-Briggs so much. Last night, I was literally like, man, I wish we could all just have 
our our Myers-Briggs results just like floating above our head. <laughs> like so you could just identify people and what they were going to be like. Now you being uh ESTP would hate that. But for me, that speaks to me so well. I would enjoy that so much. <laughs> it would make my life so much easier. So here's the thing. Here's another thing that I think is like very wholesome, very positive. Um, the Enneagram has been for me an incredible tool for empathy, for like understanding and communicating with other types of people. For the longest time, I could never get along with Enneagram sixes, which are like the ones that are like pretty preoccupied with safety and like taking care of everyone else, making sure everyone's okay. I like, I hate people who make decisions based on what's safest because for me, like I'm so achievement for like focused that I like, it doesn't like risk is not necessarily as big of a factor for me as it is for other kinds of people. But after taking the Enneagram and understanding like what motivates sixes, I have had so much more compassion, so much more empathy for people who make decisions that way. Whereas before I couldn't stand it. Now I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to make decisions that way, but I totally understand why you are making decisions that way. And I think it's totally valid for you, which I think can also like what you were saying, Michael, about like wishing people had their, their Myers breaks, like floating above them. It can be so incredibly helpful for understanding other types of people and, and being compassionate towards them. I think even just reading last night, like, because my wife's an INFP, similar to Hannah, slightly different, the mediator. Um, but just like reading about how the different, like, because, you know, 16personalities.com is the site we keep referencing here when we say the Myers Briggs site. You can go there yourself and find out if you haven't already. But just reading about like how an INTP and an INFP are similar in ways and like what they share. I mean, the acronyms are almost the same, but then how they differ and how they can um, work together to balance each other out in their differences and why they share, you know, both are introverted, both are kind of that innovative thought where mine is more the T, it's more thinking driven. My wife is more feeling driven and like learning how that works. And that's just in, you know, marriage, but it goes with friendships and anybody. It makes it really easy to kind of see where people are coming from and help better understand people. Yeah, you don't want to label people by their sign, but it is, it's a, for somebody who is completely tone deaf to other people's <laughs> personalities and like really struggles with it, like just seeing people for anything they are other than, you know, basic facts and knowledge about them. Like I said, for me, it'd be like, oh, it'd be so helpful just to have their little acronyms above their real life usernames. <laughs> like if it, was, if it was Ready Player One. <laughs> I like it. Should we start we wearing usernames? Should we start wearing like name tags? Like, hi, I'm Hannah. I'm an INFJ and a nine. It'll be like a really long I mean, name people... tag, but. <laughs> You're basically just describing Tinder. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
but none of us use Tinder. Most of us have been out of the game for a while, but that's literally <laughs> Tinder. Yeah, I feel like with these things, don't you feel like there might be the trap of people getting stuck in their personalities? Not necessarily us, but I can <laughs> think of a lot of personalities that. that <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Right. But well, see, the that's not based on who... any reason. There's no reasonable reason to do that. So absolutely not. I worry that there's people who will find out their personality type and then they will like well, I'm sorry, I don't do that because I'm not that personality type. And then it's just like, they just shut down all possibilities to Maybe change. Maybe that's part you know? of their personality think, type. Um, I was going to say, I think those would all be a very similar personality type. A similar personality who actually thinks signs have anything to do with their life. That's a good point. I bet you the same type of people would be this, make the same, fall into the same trap. Yeah, because the thing um, is, I like, go ahead. No, go ahead. you go. No, no you go. No, you go. Oh! <laughs> Stop being an advocate. <laughs> okay. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Or a peacemaker, oh, the, <laughs> as one might say. I'm like, no, you go. Um, the thing is, I think, like, for me, it's just been, I think I said earlier, just a way of better understanding. And I'm not saying I haven't found that at all in the Enneagram. I've just found it more in the Myers-Briggs is it's just a better understanding of like, oh, that's why I do what I do. But I don't take it as like, this is who I am. <laughs> like, I take it very lightly um, and I use it as a tool as, oh, that makes sense. That's why I do this or that's why I'm a peacemaker, you know? I don't know. I just think it's a helpful tool. That is all. Now... I did do some research last night um, about Myers-Briggs. I haven't done this for Enneagram. Zach, if you want to search it real quick while we're talking about it. But um, I was looking at the most common types of Myers, the most common Myers-Briggs results based off of males or females. And it was interesting to me that uh, just about a fifth of females are ISFJs. And just slightly under that are ESFJs. So almost half of women are either defenders or consuls introverted or extroverted sfjs um men are a little bit more spread out but yeah almost half are isfjs or esfjs for women um and i was like i thought it was interesting that there's females according to this is the uh the Myers-Briggs Institute of blah, blah, blah. But that they, there is less personality diversity amongst women than there is against, amongst men. So, obviously I can't speak so much to the Myers-Briggs because I haven't done that research. Uh, I have a very limited knowledge of the Enneagram in that, con in a, like a broader context, but I do know a lot about the Enneagram in a like Christian context. And in a Christian context, it is incredibly likely for women to be mistyped as a type two, which is like the helper. And a lot of that has to do with traditional gender roles within Christianity. Women think that they're supposed to be a specific way and so they end up typing themselves that way. I'm wondering, Hannah's looks like she's 
so ready to say something. I've read about this, and I don't know why that bothers me so much. It literally is because type twos are helpful and take care of people. And so, and those are things like, have y'all ever read Proverbs 31? What? No, never. That's the woman's chapter. (laughs) Don't, don't test me, Michael. (laughs) Anyways, I've read about this. It bothers me a smidgen, but it makes perfect sense. And I'm a little confused slash not really concerned, maybe a little, that I'm not a two. I'm not concerned about this. I'm perfectly comfortable that I'm a nine. I'm glad but you anyways, what you were saying is just now. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what you were saying about the like the most common personalities specifically in women, I wonder if it has something to do with that as well. Yeah, well a defender and a console, the two most common woman ones, are uh the defender is very dedicated and warm protectors, always ready to defend their loved ones, and consoles are extraordinarily caring, social and popular people always eager to help. So one being more of the introverted, one being the extroverted, but both centered around caring and taking care of other people. Um, and reading more into them, you find a lot of them in the medical field, teaching, um, nurturing roles. Um, so yeah, one in almost half. It's like 40, it's just about 40%. And then ESFP is the other big one for a woman, which is um, the entertainer, spontaneous, energetic, and enthusiastic. That's so fun. they're either caring or fun or both, but that's like a half of women where men are much more, half of men are spread out over like seven personalities instead of three. That's interesting. Huh. Uh, what are the rarest types? The rarest two types for women are INTJ and ENTJ, uh-huh. which would be a an INTJ is the architect, imaginative, and strategic thinkers with a plan for everything, and the ENTJ is the commander, bold and strong-willed leaders. Interesting. Those are the rarest for women. I would say and then, that, that. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go. I was going to do mad. Well, but go away. it's it's really interesting that you you mentioned that uh, most rare types for women because just in general across both both across both men and women, the rarest enneagram type is a type eight, which is the challenger, which seems to line up with the Myers Briggs pretty well. Um, basically, I just think that like most people really prefer like being passive aggressive. Most people would tend to avoid conflict if if possible um and <laughs> human nature eights, eights are are not at all concerned with that they're much more concerned with truth and justice at, at the sake of or at the cost of uh you know avoiding conflict but i'm interested do, do men line up with that as well when you compare myers-briggs types yeah so the top two for men are the istj and the estj which are the other two sentinels category for the 16 personalities. So the top two for women are the defender and console, two sentinel ones, and the top two for men are logistician and executive. Um, so most people, as far as well, not most, but the highest percentage 
falls into sentinels both male and female which is interesting uh the number one is the istj logistician practical and fact-minded individuals whose reliability cannot be doubted or the executive which is an administrator unsurpassed at managing things or managing people those are the most common male ones the least common male ones are the enfj and the infj which is the same or the infj is the least common male type and that's what hannah is mm-hmm. the advocate and the enfj is the protagonist charismatic and inspiring leaders able to mesmerize their listeners your uh you know who's those guys who have seminars Mark Driscoll. And yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> those are your enfjs um but I, I think it's interesting that all of us of the four of us sitting here none of us are really particularly common ones because t- zach you were a estp right mm-hmm. which is 5.6 percent of men and tyler is a entp which is four percent of men but and i'm an intp at 4.8 there's 16 types yeah. so that's not that far off from average no it's not but Again, even the top 30% of men almost, or the top 28% are either ISTJs or ESTJs. So I think it's interesting to me that about 40% of people, male or female, fall into that sentinel category. Maybe a lot of people are similar. Tyler, are, are you in the camp that personality tests are uh more do do more harm than good in terms of trapping people into what they feel they can can't be or are you just in the camp of like these have no consequence they're not really helpful or or unhelpful yeah i mean i guess i've never i haven't been around too many people who take it that seriously it's kind of like that one-time discussion uh, I would say Hannah's probably the person who's talked the most about it. Um, and I, I remember back in school, like they pushed the Myers-Briggs test as being like, you know, very accurate. And so there was some discussion, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I would say it's probably good for somebody to just have, even if they don't take a test, just a mental checkup. It's a good way to get an idea of who you are and what things you may be specifically bad at. So I think in that case, like it's been helpful for me to realize, like maybe not helpful. It was fun for me to realize that <laughs> that I was uh, justified in who I was by this test. But I also don't think that that is like, you know, like at any time I could just choose to start redirecting the way I approach things. And, and, um, you know, we do change over time. Like there's certain things about my personality that have just, um, dramatically changed over time. So yeah, that's not a conclusive answer. I really have no clue, uh, whether it's helpful or not. Um, it's probably occupied very, very little of my time. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm interested to learn a little bit more, especially with the Enneagram. It's become a lot more popular recently, um, at least within the podcast circles that I listen to. And so I've kind of been forced into learning a little bit more about it. Um, so, and I may have to try taking the the more extensive one and see if it kind of makes me feel like it captures my personality better. Uh, the the way that this one gave me my results was like a little pie, but then there were slices for each one, and I felt like it was almost equally distributed among like four of them. So I was like, yeah, okay, I don't think that really tells me anything. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I think something that you said there um, about how it gives you, a, it helps you feel a little bit more justified in the way that you are, that really resonated with me because I think kind of what I'm hearing, like a common thread in this discussion is sort of the idea of like validity in that like all kinds of people approach situations from different perspectives, different experiences, different childhood traumas, different motivations, and all of their ways of approaching the situation are valid. Like they, they are valid in their experiences and their feelings. And the way that I approach things is valid as well. And I think that that perspective is very often lost in our society in general right now. We are so separated into different camps of how we believe on different things. And everyone is so quick to invalidate the perspective of someone who doesn't think about things the way that they do. And I think it is so helpful to be able to look at a person as more than just a set of ideas or a set of values and instead get a little bit deeper into like that person's humanness and to just validate you are a human. You have, you have emotions, you have fears, you have the same hopes and dreams that I do. And, and you're valid and your perspective is valid because it's who you are and it's your experience. Um, and I think that that even ties in in a larger sense to this podcast as well in that it's been so nice to be able to talk with people who approach, uh, you know, relationships and faith and, and life from different perspectives and to look at each one of you and, and look you in the eye and say like, yeah, the way that you think about that is valid. Like I'm validating you as, as a human. And I think that your thoughts and perspectives have value and, and make sense. Um, and I think the world could just use a lot more of that. Heck yeah. So if the Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram helps you to get to that place, then by all means, use them. I agree. I would be super interested to see, just because you, like you mentioned that everybody's ways of dealing with things are valid because it's true. It's just how you, who you are as a person, right? But I would be really interested to see, and maybe it's out there, and I just haven't seen it yet. But like, do different Enneagrams or Myers Briggs personalities, like, how do they, like, what camps do they fall under? Do they vote differently? Do certain personality types tend to vote one way over another? Do certain personality types tend to be more religious than another? Um, do certain personality types tend to be more LGBT than another, right? I'd be super interested to see 
who you are as a person, how it plays out with how you experience life and interact with the world around you. Because I feel like they're certainly, especially with like things that are clearly decision based, like like a politics or something, where your your opinions on let's say the economy could be greatly swayed based off of your personality on how you see the world as a whole. Well, I bet there is because here's the thing: where I live in Lancaster County. It's been documented that, like, in, in terms of people who have, you know, responded to surveys, there's a huge number of Enneagram sixes. There's also a huge number of conservative Christians here in Lancaster County. And I think that those are related because Enneagram sixes are the ones who are most motivated by safety. And if you look at conservative Christians in general and the way that they vote and the way that they make their decisions, a lot of their decisions are based off of safety economic safety religious safety familial ties all of those things play in and I, I like i mean obviously that's literally just my experience i don't even know if that's factually true but i, I would be shocked if there was not a correlation in people's politics or religious beliefs yeah i mean even just like off the top of my mind i'm pretty sure i, I just looked it up and i think it's right but women generally speaking tend to vote a little bit more democrat and women's lead personality types are caring about other people right nurturing other people putting other people before themselves so like is there a like is that a direct connection to they're going to support things that are more caring for other people whereas men are more self-centered and self-driven are going to support things more for you know themselves and their own personal security or gain interesting i don't know but i'm sure that it's on to something i agree anybody have any more thoughts before we wrap things up well i think this has been a really fun discussion <laughs> i had a great time with this episode even if Michael and I uh, are still at complete opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> I, I will say I have one quote from somebody who said, the biggest difference is that the Myers-Briggs tool is for understanding personality types while the Enneagram is used to understand personality and human behavior. I think that's where they can land. They're both useful, but I don't think they're playing on the same field necessarily. They're operating in different aspects while they can't be related i don't think they're trying to answer the same question yeah yeah i'd agree see guys we all agree yay <laughs> only Spoken because like we found a, a sound reasonable solution to get here oh dear thanks for listening to making old friends our intro music is by Scott Holmes. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Making Old Friends, and you can also get in touch at makingoldfriends at gmail.com. Until next time, 